So this morning, I, I thought as I was thinking through what we're going to chat about out of Colossians today, it, it's a very, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a teaching, it's a sermon that speaks to certain people and certain points of their life. And so you may think that, well, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe if you're not in this certain certain time of your life that this may just kind of be, you know, kind of be boring for you. Uh, but then I got to thinking, well, you know, it's, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's really about us as a community. And, and it's about us traveling together on this journey of faith, walking along, coming side by side with each other. See, we're all moving together in this, in this thing we call faith. We're all, we're all in it, and we've chosen, you've chosen to come to this place and be part of, be part of this community. And so it's about being in community. And, and I thought, well, you know, if, if we could really understand that, if we, can, if we can just engage that truth a little bit deeper, then not only will we grow together in a, in a, in a deeper sense, in a, in a more intimate sense, but we'll also grow deeper in our relationship with Christ. And so this is, this is yes, it's, 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 I'll be speaking to certain people this morning, but this is about us as a community. I heard one pastor once say that we, we don't retire from being a Christian. We don't, we don't ever retire, or at least we, we should have that as our attitude. We don't retire from being part of Christian community. The only way out is we die. And, and so that's, that's the only way that we were able to leave. And so we are all in this together. And we should, no matter what stage of your life you're at, always be engaged and involved with each other in the context of being in community. Remember last week we talked about, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, I read to you Titus. Titus chapter 2, this is what it says. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate. Worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. Not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge younger women to love their husbands and children. To be self-controlled and pure. To be busy at home. To be kind. To be subject to their husbands. So that no one will malign the word of God. Similar... Sim- encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything set them an example by what is good in your teaching show integrity seriousness soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us this is all taking place in the context of a community of faith this is this is an older generation that is pursuing Jesus that is pursuing God as the most important thing and then and then being transformed by the holy spirit and then coming alongside the younger generation with all of the things that they've learned in life and 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 as the older generation we don't come alongside the younger people with a holier than thou attitude we don't come alongside them with listen i'm smart and, and you're dumb which i think Sometimes it's true, but we don't get to say that like out loud, but we come alongside them to say, listen, I want to speak blessing and life into you. Maybe, maybe how, how many of us can say, follow me as I follow Christ. 
But this is what we're called to as a community, to nurture and to be with each other. And so the message for today is for all of us, because we are all on this journey of faith. Now, last week, Paul began to talk about relationships in the family. We talked about wives and husbands and what our role is as husbands and wives. He said that even though we are all created in God's image and we have, we are equal in dignity and value and God loves everyone the same, but as husbands and wives, we have different roles and how we fulfill those roles is directly affected by our own personal pursuits of Jesus and how hard we're going after him and how we're pursuing him. It affects the way we live our lives. It affects the way we love our wives. It affects the way we love our husbands. And so as we pursue Jesus, we are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we can enter into the rhythm that God has established for us from the beginning of time. The way he created it. And now Paul is going to go into a different part of the family. He's going to talk to children. And then he's going to talk to fathers. So let's just go right into Colossians. Oh, here we go. There. Colossians 3. Children, obey your parents. Ha! I digress. In everything. For For this pleases the Lord. You shouldn't laugh at the word of God, all right? This is serious stuff. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Now... We're not going to spend our time here. Where I want to go is I want to go into Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Because in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul takes this and he fleshes it out a little bit more. He adds a little bit more depth to his thoughts. And it will actually give us a little bit more that we could talk about this morning. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So he's basically saying the same thing as in Colossians, but he's adding a little bit of depth to it. And he said, children, obey your parents. Now, this means that children, what your father and what your mother tell you, you should actually do it's pretty straightforward it's kind of black and white children obey your parents now now this though it's this is just kind of a straightforward statement there's two little caveats that mess things up first of all the first thing is sin has entered the world and because sin has entered the world children they have a they're unable to all of the time be obedient to what their parents have to say. Children, sometimes they, they make the wrong decisions and they do things without thinking through what the consequences might be at the end. Maybe, I guess sometimes kids can act dumb. Now, we've all been there, even the older generation, you just don't remember anymore, okay? I I could remember some things that I did as a kid that they seemed really good at the time, 
But I just lacked the, the cognitive development to get to the other side where the, there, that I could analyze what the consequence was. I remember in the 19, I think it was in the 70s, my parents were in Amway. Okay, Now, Amway had this stuff called D15 bug spray. Now, it was in an aerosol can, and it said on the side of it, it said, contents under pressure, caution, extremely flammable. Well, as a young man, I felt the need to actually test this statement. And so I brought a full can outside, and I found a cinder block, and I put the can in the cinder block. I took the top off. I put the can in the cinder block, and I stuffed rags around it. And then I got a little gasoline, because I know that gasoline burns, and I put it around on the rags, and I, I lit the match, and I walked away. And so I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. Well, when this can went off, okay, it cracked the cinder block, it caught the lawn on fire, okay? Now, remember, I didn't think this through. So as that 15-foot ball of flame shot straight up in the air, it caught the tree on fire that I put the cinder block under. Like, I wasn't planning this all out. I, I'm, now I'm in a panic. Like, what do you do? What do you do? And so my neighbor sees this, hears this. He comes running over with a shovel, hands me the shovel. He goes for the hose. He's spraying it down. I'm trying to whack the tree because the tree is on fire. We got it out. Now I'm sweating bullets because, like, is he going to tell my dad? So I just didn't think through the consequences one day I was, I was in my room, and uh, I was bored. And I thought to myself, I said, Self, I wonder what would happen if you cut the cord on the electric clock while it was still plugged in. <laughs> well, after being blinded for five minutes from that bright flash of light that went off, and it melted the scissors, my dad wasn't pleased that that side of the house just shut off. There was no more electricity. And back then they had the screw-in like fuses, you know, the old school ones. And he had to find them. He had downstairs in the basement. He wasn't pleased. Sometimes kids do dumb things. Sometimes kids do things that their parents don't want them to do. Sometimes kids are just outright disobedient. They don't think it through. And it's because, because it's an in, uh, invincibility that sometimes we have. It's the, arrogant of, the arrogance of youth. Sometimes kids just make Poor, poor choices. But sin has come into the world, and so it's very difficult at times for children to obey their parents. Now, what Paul is addressing here, it's not necessarily an age thing. It's more of a relationship thing. So he's talking to whether you're young or whether you're old. It, it, it doesn't have to do with age. It has to do with your relationship. He's, he is talking to children who can understand what he is saying here. If you can understand this as a child, then Paul is actually talking to you this morning. It doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're, you're old, too old to have to be listening to your parents anymore. Now, now he is treating children, he is treating children as responsible people... Not only in the family units, but also in the community. And, and, and again, if you can understand this, Paul would be speaking to you as a responsible person, not only in your family, but actually in the community at large. And I have to wonder, and I have, sometimes I think, how are we doing about bringing our kids to a place of responsibility at an at a early age? Time Magazine just did this whole big article about the generation that's coming up. They are, 
Um, they stay immature much longer. And it's a narcissist generation. Now, don't beat me up if you're like in your early teens. This is just what Time Magazine. I know everybody here doesn't fit into that category. But the people, like I said, the people out there, those kids, they are. And, and, and they used one of, the, one of the examples was just look at Facebook. How many girls try to take the sexy picture of themselves in the mirror in the bathroom? And the guys are there with their shirts off trying to look tough. What I want to say is, do you know what goes on in the bathroom? If you don't, number one and number two go on in the bathroom. Why are you trying to look tough or sexy? And so how are we doing with nurturing this idea? Well, we're bringing kids up to be responsible, not only in the family, but also within the community. So what Paul is saying here, if you live at home. And you are living in your parents' home. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you live at home in your parents' home, he is speaking to you and you are to obey your parents. You are to listen to what they say. And this is, this is, about, this is about you as a kid pursuing Christ first and in your pursuit of Jesus your obedience naturally flows from the transformation that the Holy Spirit is making in you now you have to realize kids that God has given you parents for a reason whether they be your biological parents whether they be your adoptive parents whether they be your grandparents whoever has raised you as that parental figure God has given them to you for a reason Now listen to me, if you would just shut up for a minute and listen, then you may actually learn something. Was that kind of harsh? Okay. If you just be quiet for a moment, then you might actually learn something from your parents. And you have the opportunity not to repeat stupid. You have the opportunity to create a different path, not to repeat the same mistakes. But unfortunately, as your parents could attest... You are destined to repeat the same mistakes just like we have repeated the same mistakes when we were growing up. But Paul's encouraging kids, obey your parents. And yes, we make mistakes. We even make mistakes in our parenting. But if you can find that place in your heart to begin to submit yourselves to the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you, and it, you'll, you'll, you'll be amazed how smart your mom and dad start to get. I remember growing up as I got older, my parent, as I got older, my mom and dad got smarter and smarter and smarter. Until one day I said something and I went, I sound just like my dad. <laughs> Something I vowed I would never do. Parents, or children, obey your parents. Even if they're crazy, God has given them to you for a reason. And I know that everybody hasn't had the best relationship with them. But see, the the hard part is, Paul doesn't say obey your parents if they're nice to you. And if they've asked you to do something that isn't, Right, then I think we, you can say no. But this is about household at home obeying your parents. And then he moves into honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. 
And, and I think we have a natural progression of something that's, that's going on here. Uh, so at, you're at home, you're living at home, you're called to obey your mom and dad. If they say be home at midnight, then you should be home at midnight. That's what they, they want you to do. But that obedience is going to change a little bit once you move out of the house. But Paul says, as you get older, I believe it's, it's time that we would, we would honor our parents. And I know that statement is hard for some of us in here because we've had terrible relationships with our moms or with our dads. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with them. They just were not good at parenting. They were for whatever reason and you had a very difficult relationship with them. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes about who we're called to be as parents, especially as, as dads. But I believe even in the dysfunctional relationship, you can come to a place as Paul would say, of honoring your parents. All honoring means is to add, to give value to something, to ascribe value to it. And Paul says to, to value your mom and dad. Now here's what I believe is going on under the surface. For those of you who've you've had a, a hard relationship growing up, for those of you who your, your parents were hurtful, or maybe, maybe even for some abusive, if, if by you pursuing Jesus, if by you surrendering to Christ and giving yourself over to the Holy Spirit and allow the, the Holy Spirit to transform you, I believe that you can come to a place over time of forgiving them for what they've done, forgiving them for the hurt, forgiving them for the brokenness, even as they are broken, sinful, imperfect people, but that the Holy Spirit would actually change you, not necessarily them, but you, and you can come to a place of forgiveness. And if you can come to that place for forgiveness, that's where you can begin to actually honor them as the Bible calls us to honor our mothers and our fathers. I truly believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, through some hard work you can release the anger and the bitterness and the hurt that you've experienced and you can find a place to forgive them and you can find a place to honor them and it's in that release something will lift from your heart something lifts from your soul and you become you be, you start to live in this freedom I know that a dysfunctional parent-child relationship follows the child right into adulthood. And it actually could shape what kind of parents we are. But it's when we can come to that place of releasing all of that because the Holy Spirit is working in us and transforming us, we can be changed and we can even begin to lift some generational curse that's been in our family for forever. But this is about the Holy Spirit changing us. And life becomes a little lighter. And life becomes a little bit more enjoyable. And this is, I believe, what Paul is saying. And this is the promise so that it may go well with you. And that you may enjoy long life here on earth. The change is in you, and no longer does your past control you. No longer does that hurt and that pain control you or dictate how you live your life. But it's the transformation of the Holy Spirit that now controls you. And you can come to a place of forgiveness and honor, and that lifts away, and it moves off, and you know life in a different way. 
for some men, that's, that's a long journey. And it's a hard journey. And I, I, I get that. But I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Press in. Surrender to the Spirit. Allow Him to change you. And watch the way He begins to change everything. Paul continues. Verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So Paul begins with uh, children honoring, obeying their parents. And he's speaking to parents, plural, moms and dads, that we are to obey them, we are to honor them. But now he changes, changes gears a little, and he speaks to dads. He goes right to the fathers. And you might ask, well, why? Why now, he's speaking about both parents, but now why is he going to the dad? And it's because, as we talked about last week, fathers have the ultimate responsibility for their families before the Lord. It's, you know, one of the reasons why I don't preach a Father's Day or a Mother's Day message is, you know, in the Bible we have Mary as a role model for moms, Right. And, and what can what bad could you say about Mary? Like it's it's every time you even think about it, all you hear is angels like, oh, and you have this beautiful sermon about moms and how Mary was the best mom ever. I mean, there's not a lot said about her, but, you know, like like God came to her and told her something completely crazy. And she's like, let it be done to me as you say. I mean, it's just total like beautiful, like mom stuff. But then you come to the dads in the Bible. And, and there's not a lot of good dad role models. Like, dads messed with their kids. Like, they, they one brought them to an altar to kill them. Um, like, there's all kinds of just, there's not a ton of good role model dads in the Bible to talk about. And so, dads kind of take it on the chin. Moms get this, moms, you're amazing and you're beautiful just like Mary. And dads get, man, if you don't watch it, you're going to mess your kids up. I mean, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. And, and, and okay, if we compare ourselves to God the Father, yeah, that puts us in a real glowing light right there. I mean, we're just going to, it doesn't go well for us. And Paul is going to talk to the fathers because of the influence and the responsibility that dads have before the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that moms don't have tremendous influence, tremendous weight with their children in the family. And they do also have a responsibility before God. But ultimately, ultimately, God will look at the Father because he has given us. It's not a privilege, believe me. It's a responsibility. It's not something we can just gloat over and say, ha ha, I'm in control. We are accountable to the Lord for our family, for our children. And that, to me sometimes, is terrifying. That, for me, sometimes just scares me. But he says to the dads, treat your kids in such a way where you don't make them to be angry, bitter people. I will say this, that that if we as fathers, if we are pursuing Christ, that increases our odds of, 
of parenting well. When we as dads can recognize the grace that's been shown to us. When we as dads can recognize the, the, uh, the mercy that's been poured out to us. The love of God that's been shown to us. Then we, we will be transformed by those truths. By, the, by the, the, the spirit of God. And then we will change the way we lead our families. And so we need to make sure that when we discipline our kids, and yes, we discipline our children, we can ground our children. We can punish them. That's okay. But when we do, the punishment needs to fit the crime. You know, you, you, you dads out there, you ever, you ever, your kids ever get on a roll and like, they're just like, you're just like punishing them and then punishing them. And it's like in a matter of like, an hour. I've gotten to the point where I have nothing left to take away. Like the only thing left I've got to ground them from is breathing and DCF frowns upon that. Like, and what do you, what do you do at that point? And so the punishment really needs to fit the crime. See, we discipline our children, not out of anger. We discipline them to teach them. We discipline them out of love for them. We discipline them out of our pursuit of God and and taking seriously the responsibility that we have to raise our kids the way God would call us to. And see, we need to make sure... And, you know, I think I think I can talk to, to moms and dads here this morning. I mean, I know that that Paul's talking to just fathers and fathers. I want you to hear this twice. And so but moms, I think we could talk to you this morning, too, that as we that we have to make sure that as we demand things from our kids, what we're demanding from them is is actually doable. It's achievable. Like. I don't, I don't have the expectation on Megan to be a straight-A student. And I know that some people say, well, you're setting the bar, low, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't care what you say. I, 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 don't, I don't have the expectation of her to be an A student. And then I was on this whole thing, well, I expect her to be a B student. But now I think I've, I've, I've grown in my idea a little bit where here's what I expect from her. I expect her to try her best and to work hard. That's my expectation of her. And I believe that's very doable, that she tries her best and that she works hard at whatever she's doing in school. And because, because some subjects she's very good at and other subjects she struggles a little bit with. How many of us here have gone through the same thing in our education? Some things we do well in, some things we, we don't do well in. And I know those things for Megan. And so I know, so I know that her grades are going to vary a little bit. But my expectation of her is that she does her best, works hard, and we know as a family when or when that doesn't happen. My, my, kids, are, my kids are PKs, pastor's kids. And many pastors will put very strict expectations on their children because pastor's families live in the fishbowl. See, what I've done, I've just let the algae grow on the fishbowl so y'all can't look in. And, and so, and so they, they, they put this expectation on their kids. You know what? Everybody's watching. You better behave. You better be able to, to, to just regurgitate chapter and verse. You better act like this. You better do this. And, and, and I just, I don't put that on my children. 
I mean, maybe someday if I get to that perfect, perfected behavioral aspect in my life, then I could tell them, okay, now you have to be just like your dad. Perfect behaviorally, I got it all together. But I would never do that to them. I want, I want Megan and Ethan to grow up loving Jesus, and I want them to grow up loving the church. And I don't want them to, to hate them both because their pastor dad made life miserable for them by putting some, some weighty expectation that no kid can ever actually achieve. And so when we expect from our children, we are to make sure that it is achievable for them. Yes, we can challenge them, but they have to be able to get there. It has to be doable. Our rules need to be consistent, expectations consistent, discipline fair. And, and we're to watch the way we talk to them. We're to watch our words. We, we, we can't nag them all the time. We have to pick our battles. Because if you don't pick your battles, you're going to constantly be at war with your kids. And it's just not worth it. Our words carry tremendous weight as parents. And we have to watch what we say because our words can bring our kids life or our words can suck the life right out of them and bring death. And so we need to watch what we say, how we say it. Derogatory comments to a child will, will, will not only just hurt them, but it, it, will, it, just, it just wounds the spirit. It crushes their spirit. And they will take that into adulthood. Many of the harsh things that we say to our kids at parent, as parents, we're going to forget. But many of those things, they will never forget. And they're going to take it into adulthood. And how do I know this? Because I can remember some of the harsh things that my parents said to me as a kid growing up. Not that they wanted to hurt me. Not that they wanted to pick on me or, or belittle me. It was just sinful parents with a sinful child. And that's just the way things happen. But I can still remember some of those times. I've taken them into my adulthood. And so we have to be careful how we, how we talk to our kids. The words that we use, the tone that we use, the volume that we use. Parents have weighty, weighty words. Never humiliate your children. Be sensitive to what they need. Be sensitive to how they need it. We have to be sensitive to their own very unique personalities. Different children in the same family receive love differently. Different children in the same family will receive encouragement differently. They will receive discipline differently. Like, like, like if I send Megan to her room, that's not punishment. That's a reward for her. It's where she wants to be in the first place. But if I send Ethan to his room and he can't do anything up there, he gets a little bit squirrely. For Megan, we make her watch TV with us downstairs. That's the way we ground her. <laughs> and so we have to learn our children, both as mothers and fathers, learn their unique personalities, learn the way they receive, 
love and discipline and encouragement. And we learn them out of our love for them, but also out of our love for the Lord. That we take the responsibility that we've been given very, very serious. And then Paul continues on. Fathers, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. There's a verse in Deuteronomy that I really love. It says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. As moms and especially as dads, we are to speak life and blessing into our kids by the word and the power of God. We are to speak life and blessing into their lives. Teach them the ways of the Lord. And not only just through our words, but the way that we live our life. We teach them to pursue Jesus by our pursuit of Jesus. We teach them to love by how we love them. We teach them to love by husbands how you love your wife and wife how you love your husband's. Those, those lessons are, those lessons speak volumes because all too often we as humans, we say one thing and we do another thing. I mean, that's, 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 it's our sinful nature and our kids watch us and they learn from us by the things that we do, not only by the things that we say. And so we teach our children to pursue and love Jesus by us pursuing and loving Jesus. We teach them to honor by honoring each other. We teach them to forgive by forgiving each other. This is what it means when it says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children, don't embitter them. Now, I'll have to say that. This is God's ultimate perfect plan. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. And I must say, all of the things that I've just talked about in the context of uh, parents, the way we should be in relationship with our kids, um, I have failed at many, many times. Sometimes I have failed miserably in those things. And I've had to go to both of them and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I yelled. I'm sorry that I did that. I did not handle that the right way. And, and, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. And even in that, I hope that it teaches my children to forgive and how to forgive. There's one thing that I've learned being a parent, one thing that it's taught me, and it's how much I desperately, desperately need the grace of the cross of Christ. 
It's definitely shown me my shortcomings as a person. Megan, Megan is me, which you could pray for me. I was blowing stuff up at her age. And the Lord has taught me a lot about myself with my relationship with her. And even in my best attempts at dad, I fail. In my humanness, I take my eyes off of Christ and I try to do it in my own strength. And I fail. And I always have to check my heart and my motivations against, against what the Bible would teach me about me and about Christ. I have to, te- I have to always, always look at my heart against the cross and against grace and against mercy. And do you see now why this is so relevant for us as a community? Because we are called to speak life and blessing into each other's lives. Older dads can speak life and blessing into younger dads' lives. Older moms can speak life and blessing into the younger moms' lives. I think right now we have four ladies that are expecting. Grandparents can speak life and blessing right down the line. We can, sp- we can speak those words into, into our, our, the, the kids that are here. I'm not saying that you go and yell at somebody else's kids. That's just going to get you in trouble. Unless they're mine, then have at it, man. Good luck. But you can speak life and blessing even into small children. Do you see why this is, this is about a community coming alongside and journeying together? That when a dad fails, he needs that older man to come alongside him and put his arm around him and say, yeah, you know what? I've been there myself. Can I pray with you? Or when a mom is at her wit's end, that an older mom, a seasoned mom, would come alongside her and put her arm around her and say, I've been there. I know what that's like. And speak words of life. Speak the words of God. And when that little child runs by, stick your foot out and trip them. They love that. (laughs) And then you could say, I love you. (laughs) As you help them off the ground. We're all in this together. It takes a tribe to raise a child. We are a tribe. It also takes a tribe to come alongside and encourage moms and dads. Encourage children. And so, and so this week, this week, if you're a kid and you're living home, this week, as you fail to obey your parents, this week, if you're a parent, and as you fail, as you fail in your parenting, I pray, I pray that you would press into the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would remember that there is a God that loves you, that he gave his one and only son to cover those failings and to pour out grace even in your worst, lowest moments. 
I pray that you will not leave this place thinking, man, I, I need to get on the stick here, man. I need, to, I, need to, I need to obey better. I need to change my behavior. And I pray that you're not thinking as a parent, man, I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to go buy a book on parenting and I need to get a hold of this. I pray that as you leave here this morning, you will leave here with a deeper passion to pursue Jesus Christ in your life. And as you pursue him with everything you got, watch the way he begins to change you. God, I want to thank you for this word. I want to thank you for grace and mercy. I want to pray a blessing upon the kids, the children, the young adults here this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray for healing here this morning. For healing between healing between moms and dads, healing between kids and parents. I pray for a new spirit of surrender to enter this place, God. That we would surrender ourselves to you. I pray for I pray for the parents here. God, that they would pursue you with everything they have. That the only book that they would look to is the Bible. And that you would reveal yourself in deeper ways to them. Pray for healing. I pray for healing, Lord. I pray for release. And I pray that you would weave this community even closer together. That not only would we love our own children, but we would love all the children. That we would be able to see in the faces of other moms and dads who need, who need some time off and night off or just a prayer or a shoulder to cry on. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend. I love you guys. We'll see you next week.